Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. This morning, I want to ask, I want to begin with a question. Have you ever been ashamed of something? Have you ever been ashamed of something? Perhaps it was something that you did. Maybe it was something that you said. And even as even while you're saying it or while you're doing whatever you you did uh, you recognize oh this is not good or i just stuck my foot in my mouth and there's a, a a being ashamed it's like oh and you just don't want anybody to know it's amazing uh with the the tech that we have in this day and age um the things that sometimes are are meant to be private get exposed there is a day coming where everything will be brought before the Lord. Everything. There is nothing that is hidden from God. And, um, and even the things of, of that have been done in the past that are shameful, I just thank God that God is a God that is able to wash us clean and that we would not have guilt or condemnation, but that we would be... Uh, right before the Lord, standing right before him because he loves us. Praise God. You know what? I don't know about you, but uh, having been in the, the school setting for uh, many, many years, um, not just as a student, but also as a teacher, I've, I've spent a large part of my life in school and uh, being around uh children from all ages, whether it was JK right up to high school and, uh, and including some high school, uh, working with, with youth as a youth pastor uh, and young adults. And, and just I recognize that sometimes um, we can be ashamed of people uh, that we just say, you know, I, I just don't want to be around them. And I see that often. I'm not just talking, I'm, I'm, especially in the world, it's about who you know, who you associate with. It's all about, you know what, I, I, I will not be around certain people. And, uh, and I recognize uh, that especially by the time you get to high school, the late Ele uh, grades in the elementary, uh, grades six, seven, and eight, and especially in high school, there's often a time or there's a, a, a real um, drive or need, it seems, by some to say, well, I have to associate with the popular crowd or the in crowd. I don't want to be with that other crowd. There's others that say, hey, I just don't care. I'll hang out with whoever I want to hang out with. And, uh, but we find that even within Scripture um, that Peter, the disciple of Jesus, was rebuked by Paul because uh, Peter was hanging out with the Gentiles. And as soon as some Jews or the Jews came into this, the, this, this meeting, this uh, time together, he right away pulled himself away from the Gentiles uh, because, hey, you know, they're, they're unclean. And so there was a shame of who he 
was hanging out with. And, and Paul had to rebuke him and, and correct Peter. Sometimes that happens within the church. You say, you know what, I, I, I want to be with certain people, I, you know. Sometimes it'd be like, hey, I want to be with a pastor. So some of you say, no, I don't want to be seen with the pastor. Um, so there's this thing sometimes of, of shame for whatever reason. We're just we're ashamed to be with somebody. What about what we believe? Are we ashamed of what we believe? Are we ashamed to speak up about what we believe, who we believe in, what he's done for us? Are we ashamed of that? You know, I've seen, I have seen a lot of Christians in, these last, in this last year have been very bold to speak up regarding their viewpoints on many different things, especially regarding covid and vaccines and masks and, and all these different things, they've been very bold. There's been a boldness about, hey, this is my viewpoint. There's been also this shame about, you know what? Ah, I, I, I don't want to let anybody know that uh, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with, with this stance, this view on certain things. But we don't say anything at times because, well, you know what? It's, it's not part of what the, the main group is going with or the narrative is at this point in time. I don't want to take time about opinion and viewpoints. That's not what I'm, I want to say or bring about today. But what I do want to say is when it comes to what we believe and who we believe in, and the fact that we have been saved, we were in darkness and we were brought into the light of Jesus Christ. We were dead in trespasses and sins and he has made us alive. And the way we got there, we, the way we got to that place, are we ashamed of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross? Are we ashamed of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we ashamed of who he is? Are we afraid to talk to our neighbors about the Lord? Are we afraid to talk to our coworkers? Are we afraid to talk to family members? Are we afraid to talk to relatives or, or just even a stranger about who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross? It is only through him and what Jesus did that we were saved from our sins. It is only through him, by his shed blood, that we were washed clean from all of our sins. It is only by him and faith in him that we are born of God as we receive Jesus into our lives. It is only because of that, as we heard the gospel, as somebody was not afraid to tell us the gospel, as the preacher preached, or, or just... Maybe it was one-on-one -on -one with somebody as they shared with you the gospel and they led you to Jesus because they were not ashamed. It was at that point that you were born of God as you received Jesus into your life and you became a child of God. You were made alive. You were, you were clothed in robes of righteousness, not your righteousness. It's not about how good you were and, and are, but it was the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
that clothes us as we placed our faith in him. And as we keep our faith in him, we, we, we are not naked anymore, but we are wrapped in his righteousness. And that is how God the Father sees us. Because of Jesus Christ, because somebody was bold, because somebody told us and was persistent perhaps, and, 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 and gave the, the seed of the word of God, we were given hope. We were given hope as we received Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Not only were we given a hope, but we were given a purpose. God has plans and purposes for us. We, I thank God, I praise God because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a purpose in the kingdom of God. We have <clears throat> purpose within the body of Christ. We are members within the body, each part doing what it's supposed to, each part. Lifting up Jesus Christ, each part in acknowledgement of the, the headship and the lordship of Jesus Christ, doing what it's supposed to, that the entire body is edified in love. Because of the boldness, because you heard the gospel, you were given eternity with God. Now, we don't have to worry about even <clears throat> what we're going through at this time. But God is with us, and he will keep us, and we have an eternity with God. I can go on and on about the benefits of being a child of God because somebody shared the gospel with you. Somebody led you to Jesus. For me, it was my mom and dad. They led me to Jesus as a seven-year-old boy, I just say thank you, Jesus. The most important decision or thing that happened in my life happened when I was seven years of age. And here I am 50 years later, and I am in a place. I just say thank you, Lord, for that moment in time where somebody shared Jesus with me. Hallelujah. Are we ashamed of Jesus Christ? Are we ashamed of speaking his name? Are we ashamed of the life that we have in him? Are we ashamed to share this, to share the gospel with others? You know, the Holy Spirit wants to help us that we would not be ashamed. In Romans 1 verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And verse 17 says, For in it... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The just, those that are right before God, those that are in right standing with God, live by faith in Jesus Christ, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Today, if you're taking notes, the, the title you would put at the top is, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. And it is a good way as we, the last seven weeks, we have spoke about the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us because the Holy Spirit desires that the gospel would go out in power. The gospel would go out because the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful. It says here, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The power of God to salvation, to be saved. 
You were saved as you heard the good news of Jesus Christ, and you were saved as you responded by faith. You said, I believe that, and you were saved. And there was a change to your existence. You went from death to life. I like what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, and he and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the power, the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. That's where we once were. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and, the, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And so, you know, that's where we were at. Before Christ, that's where we were at. We were children that were influenced by Satan and by this prince of this, this world and the prince of the power of the air, and we went according to our flesh. What our flesh desired, we did it, and Satan catered to the things of the flesh and tempting us and bringing that to us. And we were by nature children of wrath, the wrath of God to be upon us, but... God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Hallelujah. We've been saved by grace. It's the grace of God. Just as it was sung just a, in a few moments ago, the grace of God that led us to the fold of God. The grace of God that led us to the fold of God to be a part of of his sheepfold, if you would, were, uh, if you would, Jesus is the, the great shepherd, and we are part of his fold. Hallelujah! We were raised up together and made, and he has made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, because we believed in Jesus Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, because of Jesus Christ and our faith in him. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It wasn't that we could work our way to heaven. It was a gift of God given to us, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Because of that, the grace of God was extended, and as we believe, we have life in and through him. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. There it is again. In and through Jesus Christ, we are created to, to, to be, to have existence, to have life, and to have purpose. We were created for good works, good actions, good things, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that there would be a walking in the plans and purposes of God for our li lives. And all of this possible because you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank God, praise God, that because of that, the, the, the sharing of my mom and dad when I was seven years of age, here I am just saying thank you, Lord, for that moment in time where he, there was salvation that came even to a seven-year-old boy that was, was dead in trespasses and sins, just one sin and I was dead because of just one sin. Listen, you might say, does can a seven year old sin? Well, you take a look at how how 
quickly as our children grow up from the point of being an infant and growing up we can see very quickly at some point there's a recognition of right and wrong it doesn't take very long I'll tell you one sin separates us from God we need a way out we need Jesus we need what he did for us on the cross so that we can have salvation you might say pastor this is the word gospel uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Gospel is good news. Good news. The thing about good news is that if you have good news, you will probably have bad news as well. There is bad news. The bad news is this, that because of our sin, we are separated from God. And because of our sin, we are dead spiritually. And so we have no life in us spiritually in fact if we remain in that state to the point of death physically there is no way to get to God after that point there is no purgatory there is no way to get out as many prayers as others may pray for you as much uh, many services are done for you after you are dead if your decision was I don't need Jesus Christ and what he did for me on, my cro in the cro on the cross for me, you will be separated from God for all eternity. That is bad news. That is bad news. But the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news is that there is a way out. So uh, when it comes to getting out, when it comes to having life, it is by faith in Jesus Christ. How am I saved? I am saved the moment I recognize my sin. I recognize I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from God. And I, secondly, not do I only just recognize my sin because there's a lot of people that may recognize their sin and they say, you know what, I got to stop sinning and they stop sinning and there's big changes that take place in their life. But I'll tell you right now, you can stop sinning but you've, you already sinned. One sin has separated us from God. So even as good as you could be, you are still not able to make it to eternity with God. You're not good enough. I am not good enough. You might say, Pastor, that's not good news. But you know what? There is a way out, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news is this, that he died for you 2,000 years ago. The most important event in all of time took place 2,000 years ago. We look back to that event. Those that lived before Christ looked forward to that event taking place. They didn't know like we know. We have, it's clear to us, or should be clear to us, that Jesus died for us on the cross and that his, our, all our sins were put upon him. I've mentioned this in the last while. God is not limited by time. Because you say, well, how can Jesus take my sins when I lived 2,000 years after him? How can he take my sins? God is not limited by time. And so all the sins of mankind before Christ came were put on him. And even as they would believe on him, and in the Old Testament there were sacrifices that were made that were all pointing to Jesus Christ. And all the the people that have lived since Jesus Christ, their sins were put on him. So the 
those that lived at the time of Jesus Christ, before Jesus Christ, after Jesus Christ, our sins were placed on him. All of mankind's sins were placed on him. The thing is, I need to believe for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So as I believe in Jesus Christ, taking the, the what you might say, well, pastor, but why and how can it be that Jesus taking my sin upon himself saves me? from uh, an eternity apart from God. Basically, he took the consequences and the punishment of, of us as sinners. He took what should belong to us, and he took it upon himself because he could. He was perfect. He was a perfect sacrifice for us to take the consequences. And that sacrifice, not according just to man, but according to God the Father. God the Father says, I need a perfect sacrifice. Sin, I recognize sin. I recognize free will. We have uh, will to, to serve God or not. We have will, the free will to, to be good or not, or to do what is right or not. But when it comes to taking care of all the sins, or any sin, it is only as our faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. You say, Pastor, I know. That's exactly what I confessed when I gave my life to Jesus. I confessed that I was a sinner. I recognized my sin, and I confessed my sin. And you also recognize Jesus Christ and the fact that he died for you. He took all your sins upon himself. You recognize, you acknowledge the fact that he died for you, and he rose again. You recognized, and you acknowledged, and you believed that and the last thing that you, that you did is you allowed Jesus into your life. So it didn't just come here. It came into your heart as you believed and you, as you received Christ into your life, there, were, there was a supernatural change that took place immediately as you received Christ. You were born of God because that's what the word of God says in John 1 verse 12 and 13. We are born of God. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe in his name, who are born not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, or of blood, but are born of God. As we received Christ by faith, that is good news. That's the gospel. There's the bad part of it, the problem the separation in our sins, but there's a solution in Jesus Christ and him crucified, his death, burial, and resurrection. And the resurrection was a, the, the greatest sign that he overcame the consequences of sin, which is death and hell. He overcame that, and he rose again. He's on the right hand of the Father, and he desires to be a part of your life, to be in your life. If you don't know Jesus, give your life to Jesus. You know what? The word needs to get out. There is a power in the gospel of Jesus Christ as people hear it. We need to, to, to put on our shoes prepared with the gospel of peace. In Ephesians 6, from verse 10 to 20, it talks about the fact that there's a, a fight that's being fought. And that fight is against Satan and his hordes who are doing whatever they can to shut you down from sharing the gospel with others. 
from living a life according to, to God's plans and purposes. He wants to shut you down. And sometimes, or I, I would say sometimes, every single time, the more that you choose to share or desire to share the gospel and be prepared to share the gospel, the enemy is watching you and will tr attempt to shut you down. There will be things of attack against you. That's why it talks about putting on the armor of God, the whole armor. I thank God that finally, that, that we, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We fight the enemy, not in our own strength, in our own power, but in the power of the Lord God most high. His power, and it is nothing compared to the power of Satan and his hordes. Regardless of the, the, the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, as we take on Jesus, who is our armor, he is, every piece of that armor is Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And we are able to withstand in the evil day as the enemy would come against us and say, I don't want you to share the gospel. I want you to be ashamed of who Jesus is. I want you to be ashamed of the fact that you've, you've given your life to Jesus. I want you to be ashamed to even share it with others. I'll tell you right now, that is the enemy coming against you. And he would have you keep your mouth shut, to keep our mouth shut. That Dave, don't you talk about Jesus. Don't you talk about the blood of Jesus. Don't you talk about the cross. Don't you talk about sin. It is only as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ that a person can get saved. It says that the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. They can't believe something they haven't heard. You can't, if you don't know something, how can you believe in it unless you've heard of it? So we need to go and we need to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I like what it says in, in verse 15, Ephesians 6, verse 15. It says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You say, what is shod? I've never heard that word before. The word shod is all about putting on your shoes or there's something on your, your, your feet. So I am shodding, if you would. I don't know if that's a correct English, old English word. I'm shodding my feet with my shoes. And the shoes that we should shod our feet with is the preparation of the gospel of peace to be prepared to share the gospel of peace. Listen, if you are prepared to talk about what separates us from God, sin, if you are the problem, if you are prepared to share the solution, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and if you are, as you are prepared to say you need to allow Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your life and be Lord in your life to save you from your sins and to be Lord in your life, you receive Him into your life as you are prepared to do that, I'll say this to you. You will have opportunity again and again to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but you would recognize it is the power of God to save people. I like what Paul says as he ends this chapter, or this, this, this section of, of verses here. He says in verse 18, Ephesians 6, 18, it says, Praying always 
with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, for what? That utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. To share the mystery of the gospel because people might say, ah, gospel, what's gospel? I don't know the, go I don't know the gospel. I want to explain it to you so it's no longer a mystery that it becomes relevant to your situation, recognizing that without Jesus, we are dead and we will be separated from God for all eternity unless we are saved from our sins. He says, for which I am an ambassador in, change, in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The gospel needs to go out. Can I just say this? I, want to, I just want to say, God is moving powerfully. God is sovereign. He is moving powerfully. In this past week, there have been doors opened without me doing anything. There has been a guiding by the Holy Spirit. I have spoken with, with health officials. I have spoke, spoken with spiritual care overseers. I have spoken with managers. I have spoken with administrators just in the last week. And God is doing a work. And the amazing thing is, to the one that I, that I spoke to, to, actually to two of them, they were saying, without me leading them in any way, they said, you know what? You need to, to make a document or, or an open letter and to, to say some of the things that you've spoken to me. You need to do that and share it with, with our leaders, our, our government officials, our health uh, officials. You need to share this. I said, thank you, Lord. In fact, at that moment, as I was speaking to this man, I said, thank you. You have just confirmed what the Lord has put on my heart months ago already that I need to speak with different officials. And the Lord is opening the doors. Trust me, without getting into details, there, I, I have a meeting coming up just in the next few weeks. It's already set to speak with a high official from our area here in Niagara Falls. I want you to recognize it is about nothing else that Jesus Christ would be exalted and lifted up and that there would be a proclaiming of the gospel of Jesus Christ with signs confirming the gospel. There's a beautiful message for Niagara Falls, and not just for Niagara Falls, for the Niagara region, and not just for the Niagara region, for Ontario, and not just for Ontario, for Canada. There is a good word at this time. I'll tell you right now, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that is moving forward powerfully and boldly by the Spirit of God, that the gospel of Jesus would be preached at this time, and that many would come to know Jesus. I'm talking about your family members, those that are close to you, that you love, that you know they're not in the right place. If the trumpet sounded today, right now, you know they wouldn't make it. In fact, you might be listening this morning, and you know that you would not make it if the trumpet sounded right this, at this point because you know that you are not in the right place in your relationship with God. You have wandered from Him. You are distant from Him. And He is calling for you. He is seeking you. And He is asking that you would come back to Him.
the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just want to say thank you for those of you that have responded to the, 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 the request that there would be a giving for evangelism. And in the last, since the last uh, week or a week and a half since it's been, uh, uh, there, that request has gone out, there have been literally thousands of dollars that have come in. And so I just want to say to you at this time, to give. I want you to continue to give. And just mark, I'm, I'm talking, I want you to do it above your tithes, your tithes. You give your tithes, but I want you to give an offering at this time and mark it for evangelism. Evangelism. There is a moving forward at this point. And I thank God, listen, the message needs to get out past these four walls. I'm just working. For those of you that are, are, are a little bit concerned about, hey, when will we meet together? I believe that we will be able to meet together to get out of these four walls, to meet outdoors. I'm hoping that by the 20th of June, if you're listening to this after the 20th June, that it would have already happened, that we are getting out as a church and that we have to get out not just via the physical aspect but also over the Internet. And part of this giving as you give for evangelism will be going towards the word getting out. And right now we're just working on a, a studio that everything would be in one place and that we could be able to get the word of God out, to get the gospel out, to get uh, uh, discipleship out, to get different uh, podcasts out. And so I just want to say thank you even as the Lord would quicken you and put on your heart, I want to I give at this time towards us. If you want to give, so many of you have been using e-transfer. Many of you. In fact, most of you are now using e-transfer uh, in your giving. And I just want to thank you for that, for your faithfulness in giving. Even though we could not meet physically here, you have been meeting via the Internet. And... So you can, if you want to give, you can either go to the website, lighthouseniagara.com, and go to donations. Look for donations, and you can give that way. But easier would be by e-transfer, and it's giving at lighthouseniagara.com. So giving at lighthouseniagara.com. Let's put on our shoes. Let's put on our shoes at this time in the preparation to prepare and be prepared to share the gospel our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, to have peace with God, to know I don't have to worry about COVID. I don't need to worry about all these other things. The Lord, I am right with the Lord, and he will watch over me. He will keep me. That our feet are shod, prepared to share the gospel with, with whoever the Lord puts in our path. You will know. Listen, Unless the Lord tells you to go, hey, listen, I want you to stand up now and preach or, or share the gospel, I do it. But you will know. We don't necessarily have to do that and say, hey, I got to force. God will open the doors for you, and you will know now's the time for me to share the gospel with this individual or with this group or whatever it may be. Maybe it's on the Internet. Whatever it may be, God will will unction you by his spirit, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to the leading 
and even the driving of the Holy Spirit in your life, to be driven by the Holy Spirit. I, I just, the last little while, it's just been, I'm thinking of, I'm just in the vehicle, and he's driving. I'm just, I'm along for the ride. Let him drive it. Man, he's going fast. He's going perfectly in the ways that should be done. Folks, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you to, to who you need to share the gospel with. You know what? We need right conditions. In the last little while, the last uh, month or so, uh, it's season, it's springtime. And so there's been some planting. I've been doing some planting of flowers and, and, and uh, at my parents' place as well have, have done some planting and whatever. You know what? The conditions have to be right. You have to have the right conditions. And I recognize that sometimes, uh, especially transplanting, moving a plant from one area to the next is sometimes extremely hard on the plant. But it can be done. Uh, not that there, would, there should be too much transplanting taking place. But even the conditions. You know, you need to have a seed. I, the, last, uh, the last month or so, I've sown seed, grass seed. And it's amazing uh, that the conditions have to be just right. Not only is it the seed, but the soil and also the watering. If you don't water regularly, that seed will not germinate. Or even if it does, it, it, it could wither and dry up. Uh, or if, it's, if the soil's too hard or, or, or it's too rocky, it, 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 there's problems then with the seed becoming a plant and growing. And bringing, if you let the grass grow, in fact, if you let blades of grass grow too tall, on the top will already be seeds. We often cut the grass before that point happens. But if my grass gets, you know, four or five inches long, there's already seeds that will grow on the top of it in the right conditions. Can I just say this? For there to be life coming to a person, the seed is the word of God and specifically the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the seed. You need to plant a seed. If they don't hear, there will be no life that can come in, in, in within them. They will be remain dead in trespasses and sins. So we have to sow a seed. We sow the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ, not just who he is, but what he did for us. What he did for us is critical. If Jesus didn't go to the cross, then maybe there might have been another way, but he went to the cross specifically to deal with our sins because God doesn't just brush it under the carpet. He doesn't brush your sins under the carpet, but we need to deal with them, and it's Jesus that dealt with our sins. The seed is the gospel of Jesus Christ, a recognition of the problem that we have, a recognition, a recognition of the solution, and an allowance of Jesus to come into our life. That's the gospel in a nutshell. That's the seed. The soil. So we have the seed, soil, and also the water. The soil is the heart of a person. And I, I just want to encourage you. You may have sown a seed, and it might be that that seed has not taken root yet or has even germinated. Can I, I just want to, I looked at my lawn and some of the areas where the seed took root, it came up and there's grass growing. There's sections where there's grass growing. There are other sections for whatever reason, I don't know what, what it is, 
but whether probably it's not being watered enough is my my guess on it the seed didn't germinate but the seed is still there and that's the amazing thing you may share the gospel and there's no germination that takes place what you need to do is to love that person and allow the holy spirit the water of the holy spirit rivers of living water to flow from you to that person to germinate that seed of the gospel so it's not just speaking the gospel that's the seed into the person's heart the soil but it's also the watering of the the holy spirit the rivers of living water it says in john 7 verse 37 and jesus as he stood up he cried out saying to the people there if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink if you're thirsty come to me and drink you can have life and a quenching of that thirst he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water and i just want to say this the extent of what flows out of your heart it might be just the earnest of the spirit where there's just a it's a smaller flow or it could be the the spirit without measure it's just a continual flow through you touching other people's lives in so many different ways and so, and that water just continues to flow and sometimes there's a flowing of the water first and then the seed is thrown and it's it's given there and that that soil has been moisturized and is ready to receive the seed or it could be the seed is given first and then the water comes and it germinates and there is life that comes to the individual trust me you have friends that don't know Jesus have you told them about Jesus you have perhaps children have you spoken to them recently about Jesus and where they stand you have neighbors have you spoken to your neighbor about Jesus have you spoken to your loved ones your your or even the stranger have you spoken to them about Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to uh, to flow through you you know what you and I can't save anyone you and I cannot save a single person I like what it says in 1st Corinthians 3 and I, I want that we get on the same page I recognize in this last year I cannot believe and it's our church is, is fairly solid and stable but even within our church that even viewpoints ah i don't think the pastor did the right thing the pastor should have done this the pastor should have done that all these different things i'm not perfect but i'll tell you your view being different has separated us or you say you know what i'm going to follow this person no i'm going to follow this person i'm going to go here no i'm going to go there you know what that was not this is not something new this was in the church and there was a rebuke for that we need to get on the same page folks and I've mentioned this a few times in the last little while you may have a different view you have may have a different opinion about different things at this point I don't even want to get into details of it but I do want to say this that we would be on the same page when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ and in this church that as you know is the one of the first or foremost things of Jesus Christ being lifted up and an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ you know it that's what we pray for we've been praying for years and people have come to know Jesus but in 1st Corinthians 3 it says and I brethren this is Paul writing to one of the most 
spiritually active churches that we, that we could possibly read about, man, did they have some major issues. You can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, the first letter to the Corinthians. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. I had to speak to you as, as a carnal person, going by your flesh, going by your viewpoints, your own opinions, and whatever it may be. And I spoke, I had to speak to you as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For goodness sake, that we would not be carnal. For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? That's what, that's what the unbelievers do. It should not be in the church. <coughs> we can have different viewpoints and different opinions. For goodness sake, let us do the work of the Lord. Even with the differences of opinions. For when one says, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? I'm following man. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one, isn't that the case? I believe, I, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Yes, Paul, he, he sowed the seed of the, the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Apollos watered it, and God gave the increase. It is God that saves. As we share the gospel, someone else may water that gospel, the seed, as the Holy Spirit just flows to them, the things of love, the things of the Spirit to them, and that seed is germinated, rivers of living water, so that he who plants, so neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. God is the one that saves, but we, we have an opportunity to plant and to water, and God does the saving. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. We should be together. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow laborers or fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. What he did for us on the cross, that is the foundation. For no other foundation uh, can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this, this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You might say, Pastor, what's this talking about here in the last few verses? I just want to say this. There's a day coming where we as believers will stand before the Lord and all the works that we've done, every action, thought, everything that we've done will be thrown into this fire at the, the judgment seat of Christ. It's a time of rewards. There will be some, listen, we don't have much time left. Let us do those things that are of gold, silver, and precious stones that when you chuck them in the fire or when they're thrown into the fire, they will not 
be burned up. Wood, hay, stubble will burn up. It's, we're talking about the works that we are doing in these last days. We have a work to do. Let it be done. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, being a part of that, whether it's in your giving of time, whether it's in your giving of finances, whether it's in your giving of reaching out specifically to somebody, whatever it may be, a sowing of the seed, a watering of that, and God giving the increase. There's a work that needs to be done that will last. The harvest is ripe. Just in closing here, a few passages about the fact that the harvest is ripe. Listen, listen to this. Matthew 9, 35, and I've read this a few times in the last few months. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And I just want to stop here and say this. Let's share the gospel. The Lord is saying there is, there is going to be healing, miracles taking place at this point like never before. It is happening already. It is happening already. In the last number of weeks, there have been miracles done to bring people through extreme situations, even to the point of saving a person from death, just a few minutes away from dying, and the Lord came through miraculously that that person was able to, to remain alive. And if you're listening this morning, do the things of the Lord. Do the things of the Lord. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He's saying that the harvest is plentiful. There's not enough people going out to bring the harvest in. It's already ripe. It doesn't have, we don't have to wait another three or four months until it's ripe. The harvest people coming to Jesus... They're ready to come to Jesus. They just need to hear the, go the gospel. The harvest, taking the harvest, is about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and giving them opportunity to respond, leading them perhaps even to Jesus Christ. You leading someone in a prayer, uh, the sinner's prayer, is just the beginning as they, would, as they would grab a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ and have new life in them. Listen to what it says in Matthew 28. Verse 18, uh, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I like what it says. Not only is the harvest ripe, but the Lord is saying, I want you to go out and I'm with you. I will be with you as you go out. I want to say this thing of, of baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm looking forward as soon as we have possibility, and it may be outside before it's inside, that people would be baptized. If you need to be baptized, you've already given your life to Jesus. You've not been baptized in water. We want to make that available to, that, to you, that there would be baptismal services taking place. Let me know if you want to get baptized. Uh, also, this thing of teaching them all things I've commanded you, this is one of the things I, we need to get this studio together and, and done. And that's why I'm saying for evangelism, it's also for the teaching you all things that I've commanded you. 
is that we can get things online so that whether you are able or not able to get into the church, you are able to hear the different things. Like just like you're able to pull back some of the, the messages from a year ago, you can pull them and you can, they're there on video. Uh, you can hear it. But we want to expand on this with podcasts and different things regarding, like, say, the New Believers course or a, 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 a lesson or session on water baptism or the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit or how you, are how you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just different things that we want to make available to you. That is one of the reasons we are pushing pushing for this studio to be obedient to teach them to observe all things that i've commanded you and lo i am with you always even to the end of the age to make followers of jesus christ i like what it says in acts chapter 28 this is the very last book of or the last letter or chapter of this book of of, of acts the acts of the apostles and believers under the power of the holy spirit and it, there's no real ending to it. And I just want to read a little bit more um, from verse 17. Acts 28 from verse 17. And, and this is P, uh, Paul speaking to Jews that were in Rome. All right, so he's in Rome already. And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, wanted to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had anything of which to uh, accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and speak with you, because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. Then he said to them, or they said to him, We neither received letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken any evil of you. But we desire to hear from you what you think. For concerning this sect, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. So they're saying this sect was those that follow Jesus, followers of Jesus, they had come to know Jesus, Jews that had come to know Jesus as Messiah. So when they, they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging. So these are Jews that are not believers yet. To whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets, from morning till evening. We're not just talking a, an hour or so for a message. We're talking from morning right into the evening. He is speaking to them from the law of Moses and from the prophets about Jesus. Now, you have to recognize at this point in time, none of the New Testament had been written yet. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit, <laughs> they got upset when he said this one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying. So Paul didn't mince any words with the Jews that were there. And this is what Isaiah, 700 years earlier, said. Go to this people and say, hearing you will hear and shall not and." 
Go to this people and say, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. God wants to do a powerful work, even with the Jews. And, but their ears and eyes were closed, their understanding closed, and so they don't believe. Then he said, verse 28, Therefore, let it be known to you that salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. Those are people that are not Jews. has been sent to the uh, Gentiles, and they will hear it. What? The gospel of Jesus Christ. They will hear it. And as they hear, there's an opportunity for them to come to Jesus. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with, with all confidence, no one forbidding him. There are many. We are here 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years later as a result of Paul bringing the gospel and someone else hearing and getting saved and then them sharing and again and again and again through all the years and generations and all the, 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 the centuries to this point where my mom and dad shared the gospel with me 2,000 years later and this Gentile got saved 50 years ago. We need to go out that you would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. And I want to pray for, for anyone that is listening at this point. If you're not where you should be at, you've wandered away, or you've, uh, you're, you're hearing for the first time, I want to, sh to, to pray a prayer with you that as you would believe it, as you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you can have salvation too, so that you can be with the Lord for all eternity. Let's pray together. Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner. And I recognize and acknowledge, if the word is true, that the wages of sin are death, then I am separated. I am dead and I'm separated from God. I also recognize, I acknowledge and believe, Jesus, that you came and that you went to the cross, that you took all my sins upon yourself and you died for me. I confess that and believe that. And Jesus, you were buried and you rose again. I believe that. And I believe that you are above all, that you are able to save me from my sins. I believe that. I ask you to come into my life. Be not just my Savior, but be my Lord. I submit to you, Jesus. Even as you come into your, to my life, I submit to you, Jesus. Let your will be done in me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and let me share the gospel with others. Let me share the good news with others of what you have done in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. And Lord, I just pray. I pray for the believer, even those that may have come to, to Jesus right now. Lord, I pray that there will be a quickening, that there will be an empowering of your spirit, a filling of your spirit within us at this time, Lord, <clears throat> that we would go out, that we will do what we need to do in the power of your spirit. We would speak the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that don't know you or those that have walked away from you, have wandered from you, that are, are back in, in, in the things of darkness and the things of this world. And Lord, that I would be obedient to share the gospel and that rivers of living water would flow through me to, to bring about a, uh, a, a germination of that seed in that person's life. And Jesus, you will bring the increase. God, you will bring the increase of, of life coming to them. Lord, we pray you will use us individually. And Lord, as a church, I pray that you will use Lighthouse at this time like never before, that we will be a lighthouse, that we will be those that lift Jesus high and that Jesus would shine in our lives and would shine through our church like never before. And Lord, that there will be many that will come to know you. Lord, I pray that not just a few, Lord, but that thousands, tens of thousands. Lord, let there be millions. Lord, I would even say hundreds of millions. Lord, let me, Lord, let me say billions will come to know you before your return. Lord, there will be a mighty harvest as the church, a glorious church, moves forward in the power of your spirit. Jesus, that you, our commander-in-chief, would lead us forward in the power of your spirit. And Lord, that the gates of hell will just break down as the church expands in these last days before you return. Lord, you said you are coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And Lord, that glorious church is, is, is glorious because we've been washed and cleansed by your precious blood. We have been made whole as your body was broken for us. And Lord, as you died for us, Lord Jesus, because you loved us, we have been made whole. We have been made alive and we have life. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Never. And Lord, as the trumpet sounds, there will be an expanded, added to kingdom or church Lord, as people come to know you in these last days, Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands. We submit to your lordship. We, we, we say, let the promise of the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, just fill us and overflow and, and flow from us, bringing life to those that don't have any life. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to continue to pray uh, as, as some of the meetings and things that are coming up uh, that could be extremely impacting to our city and region, possibly Ontario and Canada. So uh, I don't say that lightly. Um, pray. Pray for, for me and those that will be with me at that point. And pray for those that we are speaking to, that their hearts will be open to receive at this time. Uh, it's so exciting. We have an awesome God. Love you guys. Miss you, my dear brothers and sisters. Have a wonderful day today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.